What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome to Night Call, a production of iHeartRadio. It's 1.42 a.m., somewhere green, and you're listening to Night Call. Welcome back to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I'm in Los Angeles. I am Tess Lynch, and with me is Molly Lambert. And we have no Emily because she is on a fancy vacation. So we are going to be talking about Little Shop of Horrors, the 1986 film, and also just whatever we feel like. Sorry, Emily. It's a cool jazz pod. It's a cool jazz pod. It's okay. Emily's going to bring back the techno beats. Oh, yeah. From Berlin for a techno pod. Today, we're going to talk about Home Alone, Little Shop of Horrors, as another part of our 80s terrifying puppet movies for children, December. I've been wondering if we should even extend this series into January. I mean, I've really been enjoying doing it. We'd love to know what Night Call listeners think about our horrifying 80s puppet movies for children December if you think we should do terrifying 90s puppet movies for children I mean we could lean into horror we could do we could just I guess we've already kind of done if you've that. got any requests for theme months or themes you'd like to see featured on night call leave us a night call at 24046night or a night email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com also I'm just going to do this at the top we would love if you would rate review and subscribe because it feels so nice yeah as we wind down this year we're very grateful year, for all of our night call listeners and for, for all of your night calls, especially. Oh, yeah. And we'll be taking some of those uh, later in the show, in particular one from a very special caller. The most special caller. Well, we also had a call from another special caller. Once. We have we'll lots have of special callers. A very special caller to be de- to be denounced. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we're going to talk about a little journey I took to a land 
far, far away. Folks, I'm talking about Star Wars land. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you were talking about Home Alone. Galaxy's Edge. Well, there's also kind of a Star Wars crawl at the beginning of Little Shop of Horrors. More on that soon. I went to Disneyland for the first time in a year, I guess. Uh, And in that year, they finished and opened Star Wars land, Galaxy's Edge. And I... Felt like I wanted to review it on this podcast. Yes. Because that seems like something. Tess started asking me about it before we were recording, and I was like, no, we have to talk about it. This is fairly typical. We usually chat before we record, and then every single interesting thing that comes up, we're like, save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. We're like night talk show hosts. Exactly. Um, Um, Vetting each other for the (laughs) pre-interview. I'm very curious. I'm waiting with bated breath. This spontaneity is all uh, fake. It's not live. (laughs) This is all rehearsed. This podcast is scripted. It is. You can tell. You can tell it's scripted. Tell us about Star Wars. Okay, so Star Wars Land, Mm -hmm. Galaxy's Edge. I didn't really know that much about it because I'm not a big Star Wars person. I'm obviously am a theme park and Disneyland uh, nerd. Mm -hmm. Not like the biggest nerd, it turns out. You're just a fan. I just like themed areas, and I like the idea. You know, I'm a postmodern person (laughs) from Los Angeles. Um, But Star Wars Land, I didn't really know what... I knew there was only one ride in it so far, and that it's mostly restaurants and just sort of atmosphere. But I didn't really know what the layout and terrain was actually like. So it turns out they decided to do it after a fictional Star Wars planet called Batu. Two A's, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this planet does appear, but only in Solo, a Star Wars movie, which shows you when they were conceptualizing this land uh-huh. before that movie did not do well for them. Um, but it's not, I guess, where the cantina is originally, but there is a cantina. And Did you eat there? Yes, I did. Oh. But, okay, so I was like describing it. To my boyfriend at home, I was like, it's Moroccan themed, but it's also brutalist. And it's like a sort of falling mm. apart city, like a a city in decline that is between <laughs> places, sort of like Casablanca, like a trading post. And also uh, it's a trading post and like thieves and merriment planet is oh, what geez. the description says. Um, and he said... It sounds like Interzone from Naked Lunch. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, you're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. Because Interzone and Naked Lunch is like the fictionalized Morocco that William Burroughs writes about, where it is like a Moroccan marketplace, like an open air marketplace. But also there's like bug aliens. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Star Wars Land is. Are there, like the Star Wars bar, are the waiters and stuff scary bug alien people? No. Okay. <laughs> they're, just wait- they're just bartenders. They're just waiters. Okay. <laughs> but there's a there's an alien DJ who I guess is the former Star Tours robot. Oh. This this park is so weirdly conceived because it's like it's so fan servicey to a certain type of Star Wars nerd that it feels sort of completely alienating to anyone else. Pun intended. Yeah, it's like very chaotic. It's very like grown up it's def- it does not feel child friendly at all well is that because they serve alcohol yeah and so like, they know that they're like this is for you no, this is they not serve for alcohol your children in pixar pier in california adventure you bet they you, know? you bet i know about that yeah, yeah. like they serve it, it isn't because the like, kids can also go in the cantina like the bar has non-alcoholic drinks mm-hmm. it's just like it's an interesting choice cuz it's like they chose the dirty future the like dystopian crumbling city future you know i was telling we were telling emily about it and she was like sounds amazing i'm all in (laughs) sounds like something i would love and i like i didn't dislike it it was just like so different from what i expected because i thought i was like i thought it'd be like tomorrowland tomorrowland is like the clean future Mm -hmm. and then tomorrowland kind of got run down and that was when it was the most interesting was it became the sort of most abandoned part of the park and that's where all the goths would hang out and like chain smoke so it had a kind of like I love Tomorrowland. Like a nighttime kind of nefarious for Disneyland feel, you yeah. know? That sort of like, ooh, this is like the a danger zone. Right. Like a real carnival. Yeah. Like a little sketchy in a way that's like fun and exciting. Um, that you're not allowed to have at Disneyland. 
But this is like so weird. And another weird thing is they don't have any baby Yodas because they didn't plan. They didn't anticipate the baby Yoda rush. So there are people in a boardroom who are just so upset with the execution of this. Well, it's like like a whole story that they decided to like, like, I think I just read that like Donald Glover, like convinced Jon Favreau to do it by being like, look at how Beyonce surprise drops albums. Like you should surprise drop baby Yoda. And like, if you start the merchandising, people will know it's coming, Mm -hmm. I guess. But this was the wrong choice, 100%. Because there's like, instead of selling Baby Yodas and like Baby Yodas and Santa hats and like so many Baby Yodas should be everywhere. There's no Baby Yoda. There's not even a regular Yoda, really. And instead, they're selling these like nightmarish dolls. What what kind of dolls? Like of Star Wars creatures that I do not recognize because they are so obscure. Oh, no. Um, I'll show you one picture. Yeah. Uh, there was one that was amazing because it was like a Porg, which I do know what that is. That's mm-hmm. from Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and those are cute. Those are the old Baby Yoda that they put in the trash compactor after the new Baby Yoda came out. Here, I'll show you now at this photograph. Okay. So it's a Porg. And then I don't know what the middle one is. It's another like cutie Pokemon. It's frowning. And then on the right, there's like a butthole with teeth and tentacles. It looks like a dog toy that's had better days. It also kind of (laughs) looks like when you make a bird feeder by taking a pine cone and rolling it in everything. And then a hole. It's like a worm with teeth. And then also all these like weird tentacles. And it's like. Is that plush? Is that like like, a stuffed animal or is that rubber? I think it's rubber. And then there were some other like weird just like weird random Star Wars characters that looked like Dark Crystal yeah, style. Yeah. Just like I was like, these are probably some 80s, char- you know, some characters I don't know about. Mm-hmm. But even then, I was like, that was a weird choice. I was like, why wouldn't you just be front loading with like Ewoks and like cutie things? Yeah. It's very like spiky, which yeah. is not. It's inhospitable. It's inhospitable. And it's like confusing. Yeah. It's like it is very immersive in that you don't see any of the rest of the park and you just sort of Where are is like, it located? It's located um, in Critter, by Critter County. Okay. Do you know where the petting zoo used to be? No. Over by Splash Mountain. Oh, yes, yes. Splash Mountain. Listen to Karina Longworth's uh, Song of the South. You must remember this series for more on Splash Mountain. Yes. Uh, whole season now available. It's over by, yeah, where Splash Mountain and the Country Bear Jamboree used to be. Mm-hmm. where the Country Bear Jamboree uh, led over to Fantasyland and there was like a barbecue place with some... I do here. remember this, yeah. So they knocked that down and some office buildings in order to build Star Wars Land. It's a gigantic, but there's only one ride in it and that ride is like a updated Star Tours. Mm. It's like Star Tours, but it's all like a video immersive thing. And oh, it's also, well, it's also sort of like, it's like Ender's Game. It's also like a military simulator kind of thing where you have to like shoot the guy the whole time, like oh, buzz it, light your blasters or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was my job. I was a gunner. <laughs> And then I was like really good at it. And I was like, oh no. Uh oh. I have the killer instinct. I'm too. Is Star Tours good. then still there? Star Tours is in Tomorrowland still. Okay. But doesn't that make it kind of redundant to have two of the simulator games? I mean, kind of. Rides? They're opening. And I mean, this is also like to get to the ride, you just walk down like a million sort of uh, like storage facility feeling mm-hmm. weird tunnels that all have like fake insulation coming out of them and fake like frayed wires and stuff you know i like the dirty future but this made me be like "Ooh, i like uh space mountain more than this space mountain's the bomb still but wait so are they is it still under construction well they're opening another ride so they built this like giant fake mountain ridge Mm -hmm. that is currently nothing but they are turning it into a dark ride that is like a 15 minute long dark ride, like the longest dark ride Yikes. they've ever done. I think maybe Pirates of the Caribbean is also about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are, have it open already in Orlando. Somebody, a friend of ours, Christina, a uh, friend of the Night Call pod, went on it and said it's really good. It has this like trackless uh, ride system that they use now that's controlled by Wi Fi. What could possibly what go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> All of a sudden, the 15-minute ride is a 15-hour ride. She said the best part of the ride is there's like a lightsaber comes at you from underneath through the floor. Spoiler Oh, alert. spoiler. Um, erase that from my erase, mind. Yeah, but, you know, it's like this giant... It's also weird because it's just like a giant mountain. And they're like, soon this will be a ride. Now it is just a giant 
fake mountain. Giant mountain. Can't you see in some of the pictures you posted on Instagram, it looked like there was almost like scaffolding or something up for the ride? Or was that just that part was of the part dinky of, future? That was part of Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> Haunted Mansion, they're about to take off for a couple months to like fix it. Yeah. Which I was also thinking about a lot because of our puppet, our decaying puppets conversation. Yes. And talking about how puppets need to have their hair cut because it gets long. I can't stop thinking about Me that Me too. And, and thinking about how like some of the attractions at Disneyland, you know, haven't been updated right. probably since the 60s or 70s. And so, but it is like, it just reminds me of the construction in LA right now so much where it's like, there's so much construction going on all the time mm-hmm. that it's like never not distracting because yeah. it's like something's always down and they're always like look at the new thing we just built right pay no attention to all the other rides you want to go on that like aren't working anymore yeah yeah hey, look, look we built here. a new thing um i will also say the food at the cantina is like the weirdest choice of Please anything tell me what you ate i didn't really eat it because it was like a meat and cheese plate uh-huh. but i can't describe what happened but it was like it's made to look like alien food Ooh, uh-oh. What does that mean? <laughs> like, the thing that you can order is, like, a meat and cheese pie. There's, like, one thing on the menu in what? the cantina, and that's it. And then, like, a snack or, like, a cookie. There's, like, a weird... So they're just, like, you're only here because this is the only place you can drink alcohol in the park unless and there's you like get a, park hopper. You can, I think you can drink alcohol in other parts of Star Wars land. You can just maybe buy it at stands. Uh-huh. But the cantina has, like, a year-long wait to get in. What? Yeah, it's, like... It's also just like a weird choice of like things to have yeah. in a park. It's like an exclusive thing that has a small capacity. Go back to how it's alien food. Okay. How, so, what do you mean? So are there legs on the salami? No, but it's like instead of crackers, it's like a giant like shrimp chip kind of with like uh-huh. green powder on it. And like the cheese is all like brown or like a weird color <laughs> no. you wouldn't expect. And like in a cube. It's just like something about it is like space food from the 1980s. Yes, yeah. You know, it's like... It's like they would serve at an American psycho exactly, restaurant. Exactly. Like, but in space. Yeah. Like a little, like... Yeah, but you could also see that being a yuppie food trend of just like, it's all... The meat is blue and green. Right. But... They don't eat meat in the future or in space, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's also just weird because it's like what you want is like chicken fingers. Right. You know, it's like they're trying to do something too weird. Which is What if they had gone vegan and had like weird experimental vegan food? Well, they said they have some vegan food actually at one of the other restaurants in Star Wars Land. Because you so. would think Star Wars Land would be the place to have vegan food. Well, yeah, my friend knows all the vegan things in Disneyland and one of them is the pineapple, the Dole Whip. Oh, I love that Dole Whip. Technically vegan. But yeah, it's just like, it's it's strange. And it's like, there's these ambient animatronics. These are the best thing for sure. There are just sort of some like free-floating animatronics Mm -hmm. in like the stores and the like main areas that you're walking around. And they're all so scary that they're so on brand for 80s puppet month because they're like specifically like terrifying like latex oh dear weird things there's like one thing in a store that looks like a hammerhead shark with like a testicle that has like teeth in it yeah you know now just, eat your brown meat yeah, and your brown it's cheese just, like, it's very strange um there's like this guy I'm showing you. I don't know his name, but this there's like a little frog man who's just in a tank. I'm ashamed we don't know this guy's who name. Just breathes. This guy, this guy really, we should know this. There's guy. some like subtle animatronics. That he's are cool. the he's the frog chameleon snail fat. He's cutie. Thing. I yeah, liked him. Cute. He was my favorite. Yeah. He's a cutie. If you know the name of the frog cutie boy, I bet podcast the ride will know. He's like a cutie frog boy with tentacle little. What are those called? Antenna. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um and. He uh, he lives in a tank in the cantina. And the cantina also plays, they only play jizz music, <laughs> which is the type of music they have at, at Disneyland. Uh-huh. And it's like, here, look at this guy. I just want you to see this one. Because this is when I was like, who is this for? Who we will have for? to put, oh, oh dear. Right? So that's, it looks like a, a camel with a whale's mouth on its neck. Yes. And but also another mouth. We'll put all of these. But it's in also our like silly now. putty colored. Like if it was if it was green, it would be fine. But it's that kind of like that uncanny like silly putty flesh monster thing. Um, so Star Wars, five out of five stars. Um, 
Yeah, there's one guy who turns a giant like tauntaun on a spit. That mm-hmm. was another one where I was like, a child sees this right. and has nightmares forever. Yeah. I, an adult, see this and still think it's nightmarish. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I- who is this for? It's like not like cute or enchanting or like magical. Or it's- thought-provoking even. Well, it's Maybe thought-provoking. thought-provoking. There's also like, it's very fascist feeling. Yeah. Because there's well, he like. He said brutalist. Brutalist, but there's a but brutalist isn't always fascist. I yeah. like brutalist. This is like there's just like a giant flag hung on some stuff. There's like hunk of junk, like a Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. and like a big spaceship that's like crashed into the floor or whatever. And then there's like yeah, but there's like a giant flag hung over one dome. And my friend was like, "Is that a Nazi flag?" And I was like, what? "I don't know if it's resistance or empire, but I'm yeah. guessing it's empire." Because it just look, it does look like a Nazi logo because it's a red flag with like the black sun on it, basically, which is yeah. a Nazi logo. It's like an asterisk with a million points, you know. And it's just like on this giant concrete dome, and it's pretty, pretty intense. Yikes! Um, and then there's like stormtroopers walking around. The stormtroopers, and when I last went to Disneyland, and there were stormtroopers there. A lot of children were crying at the stormtroopers. But some children love the stormtroopers. Some do. It's it's a divisive Our thing. Our friend Ian's kid loves the stormtroopers mm-hmm. and was like really into this shirt that had all stormtrooper faces that are the same. And it's like the many emotions of stormtroopers. <laughs> and it's like sad, happy. And he kept being like, look at my shirt. Isn't it funny? Yeah. But they cater to that too in a weird way mm-hmm. where they do kind of cater to like, hey, if you like the bad stuff, that's okay. So we did like a lightsaber ceremony where somebody got a lightsaber. Uh-huh. Um, and they give you like to choose from. It's like if you want the blue and green ones, those are like the classic. Your classic Star Wars classic good guy. Classic Star Wars. But if you want to be the bad guy, they have like a, a Empire uh, themed one. Mm-hmm. And it's called Power and Control. Oh, my God. This was an exhaustive <laughs> review. We, if you have been to Star Wars Land, please give us a night call and tell us more because now I'm very intrigued. But I also Disneyland's too expensive to go to right now, so I'm not going to go. Um, but, but also I'm Disneyland, you know, yeah, pay us to yes, to pay go us to go. They to won't. They won't. Um, speaking of things that disturb children, let's take a night call. Hi, night call. This is a constant listener who, just by coincidence, is Molly's dad. And uh, is also weeks behind, so I just heard you talking about The Blob. And the scariest thing I've ever seen at a movie was in the lobby of a movie theater. When I was a little kid and my Cub Scout troop got taken to see some movie, some terrible movie. But the next attraction at the theater was The Blob. And I knew this because in the lobby there was a big, big crate, a wooden crate. And it said, The Blob, do not touch. And coming out of the spaces in between the wood was this red jello-y substance that was clearly the blob. I was so scared. That's my story. Bye. Wow, thanks, Dad. Great night call. That was a great night call. Why are children so obsessed with slime? They are. They've really come back into it. I mean, the blob is so scary because it's sentient slime. Yeah. Or it's, I don't even know. I mean, I guess it's sentient. It has to be. It has, like, motivations. Yeah. I don't know if it's really thinking the motivations through. Well, I think some things, the way that they think is just, like, expand, expand, expand. That's right, like right. The whole, the whole thought. That's their whole nature. Um, I can't even imagine. It's funny, too, to think about seeing something like that for the first time and having... Well, it's also kind of interesting how something high-tech can pale in comparison to just a grown-up deciding to put a bunch of slime in a crate and the don't touch that's what we is the scary part totally that is i think we've been talking about that all the time Mm -hmm. with baby yoda too but i think that was also the thing with star wars land i was like a crate of slime (laughs) (laughs) would be both more magical yeah we need that crate of slime i wish even though it's not star wars it's not actually from the star wars land but you know that um the robot at LAX outside of that one restaurant. Oh, that, that poor robot. Uh, that robot elicits such strong feelings in me of like, I need to liberate the robot. Yes. Like that robot's life sucks. Not that it has a life, but whatever that existence is, is terrible to me. Right. Well, and seeing people being rude to that robot makes me angry. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. It's not. No, because it's a it's service worker. It does yeah. make sense. It's because you're like, 
they want to outsource all the like most degrading jobs, but also jobs that like people fucking need. Yeah. You know, they want to outsource the working class to robots. Yeah. And I think. But also I feel I don't resent the robot. I I empathize with the robot. Right. You're not like the robot took my job, Mm -hmm. my waitress job. You're like the robot is also a waitress. Hey, Molly, it sounds almost like you're talking about capitalism. (laughs) We watched a movie about capitalism. Let's talk about Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, Little Shop. It's Um, a very good song. It's a very good film. It is a great film. So should we take a break and then come back? Yeah, when we come back, we'll be discussing Little Shop of Horrors. And during the break, we'll be singing. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules Today, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Okay, so Molly had never seen this movie. It's one of those things that I assumed you had seen. I think I've said this a lot of times on the pod, but I sort of missed the 80s. What were you doing? Reading books like a nerd. Oh, come on. So was I. Yeah, but like my parents were not into like they were watching Twin Peaks and stuff. Yeah. And I would like see things that they saw. But I didn't. My like entry point into like uh, regular garbage was Mm -hmm. uh, Full House, which has to be like 89. Not until like kindergarten was I like, okay, I must see what the other kids are seeing. I was just like doing my own weird thing. Yeah, that makes sense. 
doing your own weird thing is but a I night call. My, but I Hallmark. think my parents, uh, they saw Little Shop of Horrors. Of course they did. Well, <laughs> so when we talk about Little Shop of Horrors, we are, of course, talking about the 1986 film directed by Frank Oz. But there's also the 1982 musical and the 1960 movie. Uh, what is it? Roger Corman, Corman yeah. Roger Corman movie, which if you uh, if you haven't seen that it's fun, but also you could just see the clip of Jack Nicholson singing in it, oh, which is great. It is delightful. very young Jack Nicholson. Um, so young this 1986 movie, I saw maybe I don't think I could have seen it in the theater when I was three. I started watching this movie when I was tiny. So one thing I learned about it was that it didn't do that well in theaters, but it was one of the first ever huge VHS hits, which makes sense because in theaters, this is the kind of thing. That I think happens pretty frequently where if a film, if a par- if parents are afraid that something is too scary, there's always the feeling of like, I'm not going to blow movie ticket money on it. Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna, my parents you know? also were like, I think my mom in particular was like, she knew I couldn't handle Little Shop of Horrors. And it's she was, weird because I right. was not, I, I was kind of like tra- mild trauma from this movie. I think I had like some recurring nightmares. But I think because it's so over the top and because it's a musical, it takes the edge off of even seeing the like a brutal axe dismemberment thing, uh, which does happen. Again, it just also makes you feel like, man, the 80s were wild. They were. I mean, they were. One thing we talk about a lot is like that. The problem with a lot of mainstream movies now is that they're for this audience of like adults and also children. And they're talking about cats. Well, no, cats is for adults. It's for no one. Cats is for me. Yeah, okay. It's, can, it's just for you. I can have a little cats. Yeah, as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think when things like try to split the difference between like for everybody, that's when you get like the pod racer, Anakin Skywalker, like yeah. a baby and a rocket. Well, but when you say that, what's really the, the thing that's most interesting about the evolution of different releases of Little Shop is, of course, that the original ending. So apparently in the screening... The audience was like right there. They were clapping. They were laughing. And then the original ending is just this like absolute horror it's a show. Bloodbath. It's a bloodbath. I so, watched it first because I oh, was, nice. had that version queued up. I was like, I'll watch the bat, the like scary ending. Mm-hmm. Not bad, but the director's cut ending. Yeah. And then I'll watch the theatrical release happy ending because I'm a baby. I don't want to see as much as I talk about how much I love 70s downer endings. I was like, this is too dark. It's too dark because because the main characters are so likable, despite being very flawed. Right. It's a testament to how amazing Rick Moranis and Ellen Green are that you do like love Rick Moranis the whole time, even when he turns out to be Seymour, a murderer. So just to set this up, I mean, I'm pretty sure people know the general synopsis of this movie. But just in case we have... um, we have Rick Moranis as Seymour and uh, and we have Audrey and they're working at Mr. Mushnick's flower shop. Seymour gets this plant that is Audrey. He names it Audrey 2 and it's a weird looking flytrap thing. Puts it in the window. This struggling business becomes a sensation overnight. Everyone's really intrigued. Christopher Guest uh, is the first customer who notices Audrey 2 in the window, comes in and is like, I'm obsessed with that plant. I must have one. Um, And the problem is, is that Audrey 2 only eats human blood and meat. So that's a that's a problem. Uh, But in the director's cut ending, in the original ending, uh, Audrey 2, the plant, ends up eating original Audrey Audrey. (laughs) 1. Rick Moran, Seymour comes in prize Audrey out of the plant Audrey's mouth, but she can't be saved. Then Audrey like blows everything up, eats Seymour, and then all of her little baby plants that live on her tendrils uh, take over the world. Yeah, and apparently in the musical, in the stage version, uh-huh. uh, at that point when Seymour is like pleading with the plant and the flower, the little baby plants open, they yeah. all have the faces of all the people he's eaten no. so far in them. <clears throat> and there are many, many fatalities in this movie. Yeah. Uh, which is also crazy to think of all the children growing up watching. Well, that's what I was saying. Is like, it feels like a lot of these 80s movies we're talking about where they were like really for adults. But also they were children's kids liked them because kids want to like adult things too. Yes. Kids are like, oh, it's for grownups. I can I'm handle it. Not allowed. Like, of course, that's what I want to see. I don't want to <laughs> see something for babies. Right. But this movie's legitimately scary. And then the songs are so good. They're really good. Um, obviously, Levi Stubbs from the Four Tops as Audrey too 
is like the it's Ugh. just an amazing thing. Also, the fact that like in Audrey 2's songs, there's a lot of cussing um, and there's a lot of like jokes about Audrey 2 punching Seymour in the balls. You're yeah. like, OK, it's very off Broadway. It is, is extremely off Broadway. It started. Yeah. And it is also cool to think about like, right, this is something that would never like get developed, but it became like a hit organically, mm-hmm. so to speak, and then became a movie. And it was going to be directed at one point by Martin Scorsese. That's so funny. Um, Why not? Why not? I mean, I would love it. I could see it. He should remake it. (laughs) But I also, yeah, I think Frank Oz, like, makes the tone of it work because it's very hard to see it working. But it is sort of Muppety. It's like the humans are sort of also like puppets in a way. The humans are very... Because everybody's kind of, like scrappy and dressed in sort of fuzzy stuff and everyone's poor everyone's poor so that's the other thing is that they live in a kind of fake new york that they call skid row and it's i mean watching it as an adult this is the first time i've watched it as an adult um and what's really obvious when you watch it as an adult is that it's about capitalism and the green scare it's kind of that is what other people on the internet said well that's the it's just obvious it's right there because it's um you know obviously there are also different layers that i i was like reading every single blog about this movie but i mean people made the case that it was about gentrification which totally seems to work as well um and about the like american dream with the white picket fence and like somewhere that's green money yeah yeah and johnny was saying also he was like right this is about new york when it was like when people considered it like scary and run down before. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting 80s. Before they gentrified it, but that was when they were gentrifying it. Right. But I mean, I I read somewhere that the the 60s movie, they were like, oh, it's, you know, the, the red scare. And then the idea of like aliens, that kind of being tied into this like personification of this fear. This is then turning that on its head. But definitely, I mean, so this was, I believe, shot in London um, on a soundstage. But it definitely has a lot of like 1980s New York stuff in it, which is curious if you consider that well, it's it that, existed in it's the 60s that 80s, form. 60s. It's the 80s, 60s. Which Time is, is where a flat circle. We all live. Exactly. <laughs> um, I have to say that my favorite part, which I totally forgot about, and this is one of the many really great cameos, is John Candy as Wink Wilkinson, Ugh. the DJ for WSKID. I love John Candy so oh, much. I love him so much. John Candy. We'll talk R-M-K. about another John Candy movie after this. And we will. Um, but he has a he has Night Call. Like his show is Night Call. It's Wink Wilkinson's Weird World. And it's I was like, wow, that's probably the most analogous thing to Night Call yeah. I've seen. If you have a plant that eats people, please give us a night give call. Give us a night call. We Wink Wilkinsons will enjoy it. <laughs> With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As a plant enthusiast, did this make you fear, have fear of your plants? No. I mean, we talked, I think, last week about the fact that plants emit ultrasonic screens. Oh, yeah. Um, And that was really fascinating to me because I got a plant a while ago from Home Depot. My plants from Home Depot never hold up that well. And this was a mimosa plant that they branded as the emo plant because when you touch, it's um, it has kind of like almost fern-like uh, stems oh, they and leaves. Up. They they recoil from you, and it's like you can't stop doing it, even though you know that it's the plant is like stop, stop, stop. Um, but I mean, it's one of the things that's kind of curious about this. Mo- well, one of the things I love about the plant itself is how massive it gets. It gets so big. It took like 60 people to operate this this puppet plant. Including? Brian Henson, who has featured into every single one of the movies that we've covered in Scary 80s Puppet Odyssey. He whatever, owned the month. genre. He owned the genre and he did a great job. Also, his younger sister, and these are all the Henson family, but his younger sister appears in the dentist scene. And the dentist scene is so good. It's so good. Steve Martin. Yeah. The doctor. That's, I think, why we decided to watch this, because Tess and I both had some some crazy dental experiences. Yeah. And and that's all finally behind us. But I'm glad we yeah. watched it after. Oh, my God. Me, too. And shout out to everyone on the Night Call Facebook page who, like, sent me very supportive messages. I was I've never been so scared in my life. And last week I was like fresh off that experience. And now I feel like a brand new lady. And then you can process it with laughter by watching <laughs> that scene. Well, what's really crazy is they offered me nitrous. And then they explained that there was a nitrous shortage. And then the, you know, wait, what? There's a nitrous shortage because they they explained it i didn't even look into it because i wanted to just too rinse many the whole thing out they said it was like something about the middle east and i was like what does that mean like this is a i don't understand it's a gas like can't you couldn't you really just manufacture this shit how hard could it <laughs> only be? one way to find out yeah, right <laughs> um but steve martin obviously dies from a nitrous oxide overdose before he is dismembered in a very Robert Durst kind of way, because Seymour's like, I didn't kill him, I just cut him up. I was like, I've heard that before. And again, testament to Rick Moranis. God, he's so the good. wonder and glory of Rick Moranis that he yeah. makes Seymour so lovable the whole time, even as he gives into his greed and makes the Faustian pact with Audrey too. He doesn't have a choice, he just wants things. Like a blob. He's only, he's operating out of need. Right. I guess the blob is kind of the same thing. Is mm-hmm. the blob capitalism? Oh, for sure. The blob <laughs> is capitalism. Um, do and you think that Audrey too, if this is capitalism, represents the consumer, big business? Like what What do all of these moving parts well, mean? Well, I think Audrey too is like the the monster that needs blood to live. Right. Which is human labor yeah and then also uh that it like is like any company where it's like it insists that it has to get bigger 
each year. It has yeah. to keep growing and growing forever. And then once it gets big enough, it has to have the only things that come from it can populate the so market. Maybe it's Amazon. It could be. I was at first I was like, oh, is it Silicon Valley? Mm. I mean, you could you can have some real fun. Twist, though. What if the plant did nothing wrong? I, I think it did do. What if it's like wrong. a Frankenstein's monster, though, where it's like the real villain is man for creating it? No, it, but man didn't create it. It came from space. It came from space, but man was stupid enough to, like, you know, take the apple from Eden and be like, mm, this looks good. Got to do it because <laughs> I, I can. I like a good biblical reference. That's when just we talk about makes a, perfect sense. Yeah. One to one analogy. Did you have a favorite song? I mean, I was singing the theme song for like the next 20 hours. Uh-huh. Um, but also, you know, suddenly Seymour is so good. So good. I think the best song is Dentist! Exclamation mark. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I think I read that Lady Gaga played uh, Audrey in a production, a high school production. Which well, we made were a talking about the fact that this is apparently very popular as as a children's and community theater production, which is like really well yeah but you like everyone i've talked to who loves this movie like saw it as a kid and loved it yeah so i guess it's not that disturbing i always thought it seemed very vaginal but that's not the metaphor Hmm. that is a vaginal plant and it's the mother well all plants are the the vaginal mother plant i guess so (laughs) Um, you're saying you also like Sweeney Todd, which is another murder musical. Well, I just, I'm not the biggest musical fan and it's obviously hard out there for a non-musical fan right now. And I've just been kind of crouching down, waiting for the musical trying to blow over. for me to put you on a leash and bring you to Cats. Yeah. So let's discuss this really quick because obviously this totally lines up with our scary puppets theme, but I don't think I can bring myself to go see Cats after all these reviews. Well, the reviews just make me want to see it more. They did for a bit. But then after I'd read all of the reviews, I felt like I'd already seen it. But I'm also like, people wouldn't like any adaptation of Cats. Cats has such a bad reputation as a musical because it's so dumb. It's perfect. Our friend Tyler Coates went to the screening. He is a he is a fan. He's a huge Cats fan. He said he's seen it four times, three times as an adult. And he hated this movie. I just, hated it. I gotta know. I gotta know. You have to. I have to see it for myself. I have to know about it. Because it's like Star Wars Land. I'm like, each baffling choice here was vetted by thousands of people. And yeah. this is where we arrived. And finished hours before it premiered. Yeah. Which is the funniest thing to me, because of course. And to make something like more horrifying than anything in Sweeney Todd or Little Shop. Yeah. In a musical that's not supposed to be in any way horrorcore. I just think it's upsetting <laughs> that they added elements that weren't there originally to try to have more going on but it didn't result in that but it doesn't appear to have worked cat the cat's defender is logging on right now i mean it's an adaptation of a book of poems yeah yeah and it's like essentially i was i was also telling you that there was this thing about how like the producer was like asking andrew lloyd Webber what it's about being like sweeney todd is about like victorian industrialization grinding people up into mincemeat uh, is cats like is this cat Queen Victoria and this other cat is the British Empire and he was like no they're cats it's just cats it's but just cats I would wa- I would have rather it would be easier to get me into the theater if this were a movie of just actual cats like and then there was just a voiceover or something or you know you could somehow like make the cats mouths move like in Snow Buddies or whatever mm, that and would have be them so singing n- that was the Lion King did that though and that was scary too and that didn't work. This is like, I, I respect that they're going for the nightmarishness of the 80s original, um, which is really weird. And I liked that. I mean, I, I knew it was campy and like dumb, but it is like, it's just like a tribute to British vaudeville. It's yeah. like, here I am singing my song. Now here's another person singing their song. Here's and some stuff about me in a song. Right. There's like barely any overarching plot, yeah. which is like very relaxing. Although the cats did come into the audience, which totally scares children. Wait, what? Yeah, they're like clowns. They come up to you and they're like... Oh, no. Forget Speaking of things that scare children. Yes. Let's take a minute for Home Alone. Yeah, let's take a minute for Home Alone. So you just watched this for... I'm assuming you've seen it before, but you recently rewatched. I don't think I watch it as much as other people do. I've only seen it's a uh, holiday yeah. tradition. I don't watch it for the holidays. It's the first time I've done that in so like wrong. a million years. Yeah. Somebody else was talking about it. I was like, sure, I'd watch that. Um, I didn't like it that much at the time. Yeah. 
uh, when I was a kid because I thought it was so violent. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but every other kid did, so I was alone. This was that. my ultimate fantasy as a child is just to be home alone for a, for a really long time. It was like just get the parents out. Not so much the robbers, but just like having a like a big house all to yourself. Yeah, and then when he was when in you know when he was in New York, oh boy, I was like, yeah, at a hotel by yourself. Imagine, I guess that's the life. If you're a kid, oh boy, because then all of the the tedious stuff where you're like, oh, Kevin's house is getting really messy. Like he doesn't know how to clean his house. He's like tiny. That that's gotta like be affecting his psyche. When you're in the hotel. Like, you know, there's housekeeping. Someone really else is cooking your food. The home alone. Oh, I would I would just like fantasize about that all the time. I guess there's a lot of things for kids that fantasize about being like an adult, but you're still a kid. Yeah. Or or just like the idea of could I make it? It's almost like a test like of Like a wills. survivalist. Yeah. Like, oh, I never had that. I oh, was really? like, I would die. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, you know, but you're, you're more social. I was just no. like, wow, imagine. No, but I would die like I would die left to my own devices. I wouldn't be able to like. <laughs> You'd I be was, fine. No, I was like, if I got lost in New York, I would be in the Hudson River like so <laughs> fast as a kid. Yeah. Like, come on. No cell phones yet. I would have been just. I would have just fallen in a manhole. Oh, I felt like I could hack it. One time, um, I went on a plane by myself when I was like, probably eleven or something, and there was um, the there was bad weather, and I was stuck in Texas overnight, and um, had my parents. They were like, "What are we gonna do?" And the the airline they somehow set it up so that I could stay in a Westin overnight. And I remember I was like, oh, a tiny coffee maker. Like, <laughs> figure out how to use this tiny see, so I had like a cup of coffee see, <laughs> like, you're so you're the only kid in the world who's like a night by myself in a hotel without my parents right sweet sweet I oh. think Kevin felt that way too at first how old is Kevin I think Kevin's supposed to be I would guess fifth grade fifth grade how old is that fifth grade would be like 11 or 12 he's that that's like 11 he's 12 no maybe like let's say 10 or 11 I'm going eight I don't think oh yeah Let's say nine or somewhere in the nine to 11 range. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot of books um, for like kind of kids who are in elementary school, like young elementary school, they all seem set in fifth grade. Huh. It seems like kind of kind of like a pivotal age where kids are able to have their own thoughts, but not have them ruined by or to be self-sufficient, but not really where you're like in your mind, you've got it all set up. But then when you actually try and execute the most basic tasks, you're like, "Ah, I'm a kid. Damn it. Mm. And then puberty comes in and And wrecks it all salt and everything. Um, Tell me more about your love of Home Alone. <laughs> well, I, I watched it with my kids and I didn't remember how violent it was. And then I felt kind of bad about that because uh, it is. It's it's a tremendously sadistic like you're really supposed to just want to see these guys like punched and tripped and burned. Is it weird that I was like they're doing nothing wrong? They just uh, they're not trying to murder anybody. They're just trying to get some valuables and get out. No, I think it's pretty mess. I think that the real distressing thing is that they were surveilling the house, right? And waiting for everyone to leave. And when they realized that there was a child involved, they were like, you know what? Let's take a chance. If someone gets hurt, no big deal. And you're like, but he's He's Kevin. He's a little kid. Okay, but I was saying, too, like, you don't know that Kevin is like, you know, Rambo well, until yeah. they don't set it up at all. Well, explain that. We were talking about this. I was saying it's like there's nothing in the first act of Home Alone to let you have any idea that Kevin would be good at, like, setting booby traps, doing pranks, like having any kind of technical know-how. There's nothing. You know, they show him with like his brothers and his siblings and he's so powerless and he's like the little kid. He's the youngest, I think. Um, He gets lost in the chaotic shuffle. But he sort of just like is a helpless little kid until his metal is tested and then it turns into straw dogs. And that is the weirdest. It's like one of the weirdest act turns in a movie Ever. So let me uh, let me posit this. I think that if they had had Kevin at the beginning of the movie when they're ordering the pizza and the you know, siblings and cousins are threatening to like pee on him and they're just all hating on him. If he had retaliated then, first of all, you would have 
expected that he would retaliate against the robbers, which I think it's better if you're like, wow, he found his grit. Okay, yeah. You he were... came into his own. <laughs> but also, he would have seemed like such an asshole because he already kind of, well, he's he like kind, a salty he, kid. He, it's also like, you know, no offense to Macaulay Culkin's face, but there's something a little like Richie Rich about him. Yeah. You know, he seems like a little smug, like blonde kid. He you're sleeps like, in water, so to speak. Yeah, he's very delicate. Uh-huh. He's, you know, he's pretty... Uh, but I don't know. It's like they don't, they just kind of make him be like, he's like a little wuss. And then it's like, no, he's not a wuss. That's, but that's why it's, it's kind of a survivalist thing, but it's also kind of a coming of age thing. Cause when he's by himself, he's like, uh, he's at the lower. Are the wet bandits puberty? Oh, what if? (laughs) What if? I mean, it is. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. You know, when you turn 13, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci show up. tell you some things are going to happen now. Joe Pesci's a total like Ugh. adolescent Joe Pesci. Joe yeah. Pesci the Jareth for <laughs> Yes. I love Joe leads Pesci. you into adulthood. Yeah. I love Joe Pesci so much. Um, I've seen we've seen so many Joe Pesci movies we this have. year. Congratulations He's, to us. Yeah, when everybody was talking about how great he is in The Irishman, uh, some of us were like, you mean JFK? <laughs> you mean how amazing he is in JFK? But he's also amazing in Home Alone. I mean, Home Alone, it's so hard because, like, I I realize that it could be reduced to people saying it's not the finest film ever made. I mean... But I think it might be. It's up there for me. It's also cartoon violence. Yeah. I think that's the thing, too, is it's, like, what makes it jarring is that the first half of the movie is, like, John Hughes' social realism, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's, like, takes place in reality. Yeah. And it's good. It's like the kids aren't like sickly sweet. And there's, like, there's older Pete from Pete and Pete, of yeah, course. Yeah, like the kids talk kind of like assholes to each other, which is believable. And they're all like competitive. Uh, it's not like his family at the beginning is like the most wonderful thing. No, the they're horrible. Is that they're like the family and like 16 Candles. They're yeah. just like ignoring him, which is, I guess, a big John Hughes-ism. Mm-hmm. But then in the second half, it turns into like a Looney Tune and that is confusing. <laughs> it is. But it, I mean, there's, it is like a nice kind of like revenge. In a way, it's just he can't, he wishes his family would disappear. And so they do. But then it's like he still kind of has the grudge against them that hasn't been worked through yet. And he just takes it out on the wet bandits instead He's of them. He's just so violent. It's super violent. And but I, that's also the Angels with Dirty Faces influence, which is a meta commentary on you're watching a violent movie. Now you'll be violent. I forgot also that he like has a gun. It's a BB gun. But yeah. still that he like puts a gun on his back and is like time to fucking do some business. It's so That was creepy. the exact moment when I looked at my like tiny children and was like, like I'm mm. so sorry. <laughs> Whoops. You're <laughs> not like, you're not movie. allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even for a while like we would just refer to guns as those things you don't like. So I was like, there's those things I don't like in a movie I insisted we watch. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's just, yeah, there's something kind of creepy and conservative about it. It's very, like, stand They're your ground. Robbers. I know, but it's They're very, white like... guy assholes. I know, but it's still, like, like defend your, I don't know, just, like, hide in the basement, kid. Let them take your stereo and just hide. That's the thing. He doesn't know that they're after stuff, Molly. Right. And then they do eventually threaten to kill him. See? At which point it becomes, I guess justifiable maybe we should do a series on like coming of age movies and have this one be this can enter into the well you and i both love the bad seed which is a movie about the best movie the best movie about an evil little kid um and then i also saw the good son for the first time oh it's so scary so good and scary and uses everything that's unsettling about macaulay culkin in home alone to like the greatest effect Mm -hmm. to be like this is the kid that like can convince adults he's doing whatever. Oh, what about sociopathic child movies? Oh, yeah. We could do The Bad Seed, um, The Good Son, The Omen. We could have fun. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> <laughs> we'll brainstorm. We'll brainstorm. Yeah, if you've got some ideas for sociopathic child movies, give us a night call at 240-46-NIGHT. Would, should we take one more night call before we yeah, go? Yeah, let's take one more night call. All right, let's do it. Hi, guys. So I had to pause your latest episode where you talk about the unclaimed baggage center in Arizona. And I 
have not been there either, but I've been kind of fascinated with this place ever since I was a kid and I saw this kind of long form autobiographical Roz Chast comic about when she visited there. And it's really kind of moody, like, especially for her stuff. Um, and it's really interesting. And she talks about, <laughs> um, she talks about like going to this little diner that's right next to it and she orders like a peanut butter Coke, which is on the menu. And it's just like Coke with, with peanuts in it that like float up and down. <laughs> um, anyway, it's really interesting and I recommend you check that comic out. I think it was in her anthology book theories of everything, but, um, I don't know where it was originally published, probably the New Yorker is like, but, um, you should definitely check that out. Um, thanks. Love you guys. Uh, that was a great night call. I don't know if the caller identified themselves, but thank you, night caller. We'll call you peanut butter Coke. <laughs> um, we love Ross Chast. Yes. I actually just, I'm like halfway through um, her, it's kind of like a memoir, Can't We Talk About Something More Pleasant, which is about her aging parents. And it's it's very sad, but also if you love Ross Chast. She's the best. Her Instagram, which is just her name, Ross Chast, um, is the best Instagram of anybody. It's amazing. She does a lot of art and like comic-y stuff, stuff that she can't do in The New Yorker um, that's just kind of like... Self-reflective. Self-reflect, like dream comics. She does these dream comics all the time. She has always just been one of my favorite cartoonists. Um, my parents always had her stuff in our house and a big night call inspiration. Oh, big time. Total, like, just a, a, a lady pursuing her own call. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Drinking that peanut butter Coke. <laughs> she does something also amazing for Halloween. I'm not sure if they do it for Christmas also, but for Halloween... Her and her husband put out these, like, insane dolls all over their yard. Really? Yeah. Where do they live? Uh, New York? Probably outside New York somewhere. Um, And she said, I thought it was maybe her thing, but she said at some point that it was actually her husband's insane obsession. But it sounds like she found somebody who also would appreciate the unclaimed baggage area. Oh, editor's desk. The unclaimed baggage um, that we referenced in last week's episode and we said was in Arizona is in fact in Alabama. So thanks for letting us know about that. It's too far for us to go. I don't think we're going to go to Alabama for that. But if you're in the vicinity of Alabama and you want to report back on the unclaimed baggage, please do. Please do. Um, yeah, Roz Chast is awesome. And I also... Roz Chast, I, come on Night Call. Yeah, come on Night Call, Roz Chast. She's also been a really cool mentor to a lot of other like cartoonists that I really like. Um, she's just the raddest. She seems like a good person. Yeah. Before we go, I should mention that we have a box sitting between oh, us. Oh, yeah. We're going to do a Night Call unboxing. So we this is te- not technically an ad. I think maybe this is for an ad for a later date. But we... So this is a genuine endorsement of how excited we are <laughs> to open a box of cookies. From Pepperidge Farm. Yeah, we got asked if we wanted to endorse a Pepperidge Farm cookie, and we said, Are you kidding me? We would do that even if you didn't ask us to, which is what we're doing now. You've always been a big fan of the dark chocolate Milanos. I love the Milanos. I love the gingerbread men also. Those are good. My I like the jam thumbprint cookie. Yeah. See how great it is if you do if you get ads with Night Call. We'll just start endorsing you before we're That's even right. technically if you endorsing pick, If you get an ad with us or a partnership with us, we will <laughs> we will wholeheartedly endorse you, especially if you send us cookies. Okay, Tess, this is the sound of Tess opening a box. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow, it's like a Milano super pack. We got the Milano double dark. We got the milk chocolate Milano, which I actually, I'm, I like milk chocolate. Wow. I feel kind of weird about that. Double dark uh, chocolate. Two milk chocolate. Some of these are seasonal. And we got a nice card. Wow. Thanks, Pepperidge Farm. We'll do a real ad for you yeah, we'll talk, when we'll one is scheduled. On how good these were. But we're, we wanted to share our genuine enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, if you have any weird recipes for a peanut butter Coke or something like that, or if you have any puppet movies of any era that gave you nightmares that you would like us to talk about, theme park ideas, weird creatures, things you'd like us to cover in 2020. Give us a night call at 24046 night. Um, also, because how, th- how things line up 
I don't know how calendars work. This is one of our last night calls of the year, but I just wanted to say thank you for listening to Night Call. We've been podcasting off and on since I believe 2013 um, at different places, different places. Uh, but it's really, it's really nice to us that we get to do this still, and we we love it. So thank you for supporting the pod. Um, if you would like to support the podcast on Patreon, you can at patreon.com forward slash night call. Uh, we are night call podcast on Facebook and Instagram night call pod on Twitter. And again, if you wouldn't mind reviewing and rating and subscribing and all of that good stuff, we really appreciate it. Yeah. And we will have a lot of stuff in the new year. We'll have Emily back of course, and we will have, uh, more mixes, more, book club episodes more live events some exciting, weird adventures exciting weird adventures to be told so please uh stay with us and we, we you are appreciated you are appreciated thanks for listening thanks and for listening. we will see you next week for a special book club podcast release yeah thank you for listening happy holidays we'll see you next week Night Call is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch, so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.